Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn in London. And I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. Every week we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand in hand with baking for those we love. Today we're kicking off a month devoted to the most iconic fall flavor around, pumpkin. We'll put this hardworking, delicious squash to good use in muffins, pies, cookies, and even pretzels. But first, we'll learn about the history of this most recognizable squash. You may be surprised at the twists and turns it's taken on the road to being the unofficial October mascot. Ready for a pumpkin palooza? Put the kettle on and get ready for some sweet talk. Stefan, this week is episode 94, which means we are rapidly approaching a Hallmark episode, episode 100. Can you believe it? I am so excited. And no, I cannot believe it. And of course, it's a 100th episode as we name them, but it's really been more since we have our bonus episodes from time to time as well. But it is an incredible milestone. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Well, we would love to get our listeners involved. Stefan and I, of course, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve for our 100th episode, but we would love to hear from you guys. And here's what we'd like to know. Over the last 100 episodes, we would either like to hear about the one dish that we recommended that you made and absolutely loved, or the one dish you've heard us talk about that you're dying to make, but you just haven't gotten around to yet. I know we have a lot of new listeners who are in the process of binging on all the old shows, and <laughs> I just would love to hear from people who either have dived in and done our weekly bake-along and have something to report and say it's absolutely the best, or hear from the people who say, you know, I love listening to you guys. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I really can't wait to make this one particular thing. So we will post a question on our Facebook page. So head on over to our Facebook group that's preheated in Facebook groups. You could also send us an email at host at preheatedpodcast.com. I can't wait to know how this might turn out. And I also can't wait to do a deep dive into whatever turns out to be the, the number one of the last 100. I know. I think it's going to be exciting. And speaking of our listeners, Andrea, we wanted to let everyone know that we have a new page on the website on preheatedpodcast.com. It is, drumroll please, an events page. And of course, our first shiny, sparkling event recap from Pies and Prosecco, which we did last July, is up there so you can take a look, read all about it, and also see some really fun pictures. So we will link to that from our Facebook page as well, but you can also find it just under the events tab on preheatedpodcast.com. And Andrea, as I was revisiting that, reviewing our pictures and writing up the recap, I just was remembering what an amazing and fun time that was. I know, especially the pictures. I think for those of you who were there, you'll really enjoy seeing the pictures. And for those of you who weren't, it will be fun for you to see what we did. And we hope to have more events in the future so we can meet all of you face to face. That was a really great night for both Stefan and myself. Yeah, and also speaking to the the listener feedback, if there are other types of classes that you would like, tell us you know what you would like and where you would like it because that's something we definitely are mapping out for the future of the of the show. So let us know. 
This is October. We are calling it Pumpkin Palooza. And up first is a pumpkin crumb cake muffin from Sally's Baking Addiction. We love Sally. We have used her recipes before, most notably back in episode 69. We made her monkey bread. Oh, yeah. Stefan, am I crazy? Is this our first muffin? Hang on. Let me go through the archives. (laughs) I think it is. Well, you know, we were just talking about muffins on the Facebook page because listener Heather, hi Heather, she said it's fall and does everyone want to bake muffins in the fall? And I had said I do and I had listed some that I like. I think you were jumping in there as well. Lots of our listeners agreeing with Heather and I had said at the time, hey, hang on, we're going to have a great one, a great pumpkin one in October. Gosh, I can't. If we have, Andrea, we're going to have to comb through the archives and get back because I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think this is the first. I think this is our first official bake-along muffin. Of course, we have discussed muffins endlessly <laughs> on this show. Um, I know you mentioned that you always make a chocolate chip banana one. I think we yeah. probably talked about that when we were talking about getting ready for back to school and kids' breakfast. I know that when you had your unfortunate ordering mistake from Amazon and got six pounds of wheat germ, <laughs> that I believe it was listener Amy who recommended Amy. a muffin recipe that uses up some wheat germs. So muffins have certainly been discussed, don't get me wrong, but at least in my memory, I can't think of a week where it's been an official bake-along. Listeners, sometimes you guys know our shows better than we do, so feel free to correct us if we're wrong. But I just mentioned that because I can't believe it's taken us this long to get to something that we both love so much. Especially with the pumpkin. And one reason I'm excited about these, Andrea, is they have a nice crumb topping. And then they also have this maple syrup glaze. So you've got kind of a lot of things going on here on top of what might just be a good and moist pumpkin muffin. So your usual suspects there, your flour, soda, cinnamon, some pumpkin pie spice, some oil, sugar, both sugars, kind of granulated sugar and a light or dark brown. You can pumpkin, eggs, and milk, and then you're going to have a nice topping with uh, some sugar, flour, pumpkin pie spice again, and butter, and then top it off with this maple icing. I think these are going to just be a really professional-looking muffin. That's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Very excited about that. I have a couple of quick muffin questions. Are you ready for some muffin talk? Yes. (laughs) Hit me. <laughs> I think you're you're more of a muffin expert than I am. So one thing that's kept me from making muffins more often, um, I guess, than I think I should is I feel like I need to eat them quickly. And then I think I heard you – because I feel like they're not as good if they're, you know, day three or day four. Okay. But then I feel like I heard you say you freeze them. Is that correct? Have you frozen muffins and then just defrosted them and served them in the morning or – Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they freeze really well. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure you're ever going to get back to that just out of the oven kind of quality. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's a trade-off I'm willing to make when I'm trying to rush around on a busy morning, something like that. No, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I do that with my banana chocolate chip muffins. A heartier muffin I find stands up a little better. So a a morning glory muffin, something like that. Something really delicate. Mm. That Back to that muffin that listener Amy has recommended to me and I make quite often is a raspberry muffin. It's a little on the lighter side. It might not do as well in the freezer or at least for an extended period of time. But no, wrapped up well, they, they work great in the freezer. 
Okay. Okay. I wanted to check that out. Oh my gosh. You just mentioned the morning glory muffin. I almost forgot about that. I, I love that. Do you? Feels, oh yeah. Love it. Oh, that's one of my favorite and it feels so healthy. <laughs> it's, you know, got the brand and stuff in it. I know. Okay. Second muffin question. Minis, standard size or jumbo muffins as big as your head? What do you typically do? All of the above. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not really joking because. Okay. I often do the standard. Mm -hmm. I have all three of those pans, Mm -hmm. but I often do the standard. And then after a dozen, I'll either do one or two jumbos or a lot of minis to use up. Seems like most of my muffin recipes make an odd number, like 15. You know, it's not two dozen, but it's more than one dozen. Mm -hmm. And I like to put the minis as snacks for my kids. I think just the jumbo is such a fun and kind of extravagant size that that's just a fun thing to to do with your extra batter as well of course you have to adjust your cooking time on all of those obviously but yeah I I do them all I love it I got that large muffin tin when we did our Queen of Mon back in breakfast bakes month first it was yeah was that for breakfast Mm -hmm. bakes we did that and that called that was a recipe it's actually more like a pastry but it called for that jumbo muffin and I love that thing now I use it quite a bit yeah I I use it too I use it more for kind of savory breakfast bakes like I'll put some ham in it and then toss an egg in it or maybe some asparagus or vegetables and bake that so I'm excited to actually bake my muffins in there again use it for its intended purpose Okay, I think that answers my burning muffin questions. Hopefully not burning. Hope not not burning. No, 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 good point. Uh, My last comment about this recipe, I just wanted to make a quick note. I know that sometimes when people see canned pumpkin, they have asked me, can I substitute fresh pumpkin? Uh, This has usually been when I'm teaching my pie class, but I think it applies here, is the canned pumpkin, which is typically Libby's is the brand, you know, I see here in the United States all the kind. If you do your fresh pumpkin. It is a lot more watery than canned pumpkin. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. got to be careful. It's going to change the moisture content if you use fresh pumpkin. I recommend you start with the canned. If you really don't like the canned flavor and you really want to use fresh pumpkin, then maybe look at straining it, letting some of that liquid drain out. And you might possibly look at cutting back a little bit on some of the other liquid, but be aware that it's going to change the overall flavor. I think the other area that people can get tripped up in the grocery store aisle is there is an actual can of pumpkin pie filling that I believe is also the Libby's brand and looks remarkably just like your can of pumpkin. So that's no real problem other than it has your spices and some other things in there that would throw off the rest of this recipe. So just make sure, I think it says 100% pure pumpkin. Here in England, there's a brand called Pumpkin Buddy, which is charming and there's also at the Whole Foods there's Whole Foods has an organic pumpkin as well so it's lots of lots of places to find that but I'm with you I have in the past gone through various stages of wanting to do fresh pumpkin for pies or muffins or different things and it it is a different texture if you're really confident with that go for it if not it's going to be an experiment at least at first And Andrea, just to circle back to the issue of being able to freeze, these might not be the greatest choice for freezing just because they have that crumb topping on them and then you are also topping them with icing. So I'd be a little more hesitant to to try this. I I think if you were going to freeze a pumpkin muffin, you'd want a more basic unadorned version. Good point. Okay. And I just realized I was not done with all of my burning muffin questions. I have one, <laughs> one more question. Bring them on. Do you use the tin liners? Do you use the cooking spray? Or do you use a combination of the both? 
I use the muffin liners and mm-hmm. even the paper liners. There's the metallic, and I think okay. they speed up the process a little bit as well. So I use the paper, mm-hmm. and I try not to mix and match within the same pan because I do think they – the spray versus the liner, I do think it affects the cooking time. Maybe just even slightly, okay. but I do think it does. So I, I'm not adverse to using spray, but I wouldn't put three with spray and three with liners in the same pan if I could help it. Okay, good to know. Listeners, remember, we'll have a link to these recipes in the show notes for this episode, which is episode 94, and that will be on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, as well as in our Facebook group. Andrea, we're talking about the great pumpkin all month long this October, so we thought it would be fitting to take a deep dive into this very special squash. Yes, pumpkin is one of my most favorite flavors, and I love how it can be both sweet or savory. But I have to admit, I don't know too much of the pumpkin backstory, so go ahead and fill us in, Steph. Well, I think it's fascinating to know that the English name of this squash, pumpkin, didn't arrive until relatively recently, the 17th century. And prior to that, pumpkins were called gros melons in French, which translates loosely into pompillon in English, which became pumpkin when it was first used and popularized, I'm not making this up, in the story of Cinderella. Oh my gosh. Where, of course, a pumpkin is famously turned into a royal coach for the title character to go to the ball. Oh gosh, I love I love that backstory. Well, <laughs> speaking of a pumpkin changing shape, I know um, we think of it a lot at Halloween time as the ubiquitous jack o' lantern. But um, is that has that always been the case, or it has not? In fact, for much of history, turnips or beets—what a mess—or <laughs> used <laughs> as traditional jack o' lanterns. And the Irish used potatoes. In fact, it's Irish immigrants who are credited with starting to carve pumpkins when they arrived in America because, lo and behold, they're easier to carve than a potato. Well, and they give you so much more surface area and room for a candle. Right? I don't know about that. I'm really struggling to imagine a carved beet. I think <laughs> I think after we're done with today's episode, I'm going to go search the internet and see if I can find some images of that. But speaking of carving, one of my favorite things and definitely one of my daughter's favorite things about the carving process is the seeds. Yes, roasted pumpkin seeds are such a seasonal pleasure in our house too. And did you know the average size pumpkin produces 500 of them? It's a healthy snack that's high in iron, and I have a delicious recipe I will link to that's a barbecue version. I make it every year. So I'll put that in the show notes for this episode, which is episode 94. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm looking forward to that. Well, of course, speaking of pumpkin, one item you can't get away from this time of year is the pumpkin spice latte. And love it or leave it, they are everywhere. But there are tons of pumpkin-flavored items in the market. And if you were listening last October, you will recall that I embraced pumpkin as an ingredient wholeheartedly again. That's right. In 2017, pumpkin-flavored food items. Pumpkin-flavored food items totaled $414 million in the U.S. alone. That's everything from those lattes to cereal to bread mix to dog food. It is called a growth flavor in the industry. (laughs) And I'm here to confirm that dogs do love pumpkin, as I know from my pumpkin gelato for my pup. Uh, Speaking of growth, I love those Guinness Book of World Record pictures that you see with people and their enormous vegetables. So who has the record for the largest pumpkin? 
This was so fascinating. Pumpkin is apparently a very interesting category, I discovered. Most Guinness record holders hold their title for years. Nobody else is coming along with the greatest length of hair or the longest fingernails or all of these things those are really hard (laughs) records to beat but in the world of giant pumpkins there's huge turnover so currently but for who knows how much longer (laughs) this title belongs to a Belgian man named Matthias Willemans and his world record pumpkin weighs in at 2600 pounds that's the size of a small car oh my gosh It was an Atlantic dill variety, Andrea, in case you have 800 square feet of growing space and 118 days to baby a giant pumpkin. Oh, of course. I mean, who doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm not sure I'm up to growing a huge Atlantic dill, but you and I are really into knowing the varieties of our fruits and veg these days, and there are a lot of other fun pumpkins out there. There's a hooligan, a cotton candy, an orange smoothie. There's also my personal favorite, the kabocha squash or the Japanese pumpkin. Yes, there are more than 45 varieties of pumpkin. And one of my favorites is the Jack B. Little, which you might guess is a mini version. And I was delighted to find there's also a Jill B. Little. Nothing like a little quality in the pumpkin patch. (laughs) And 80%, so 800 million out of the 1.5 billion pounds of commercially grown pumpkin in the U.S. are available during just one month, October. Oh my gosh. Well, moving on from fresh squash, what is the history of perhaps the most famous pumpkin dessert, good old pumpkin pie? Oh, yes. Well, Northeastern Native American tribes grew squash and pumpkins and indeed gifted them to the first early American settlers at Plymouth Plantation in New England as early as 1621. Native Americans probably roasted or boiled them for eating, but... Historians think the settlers thought that was a little bland, (laughs) which led to the development first of a sweet stewed pumpkin that was roasted over the ashes of a fire, and about 50 years after the first Thanksgiving, to the creation of a pastry crust with sweet pumpkin filling that we all recognize today. And without which, our Thanksgiving tables just wouldn't be the same. You know, now that you taught me about that, I'm kind of tempted to roast my pumpkin pie outdoors (laughs) over the fire pit. Wouldn't that make some fun holiday memories? Please post pics. (laughs) (laughs) And Andrea, speaking of pie, have you ever wondered about the world's largest pumpkin pie? Uh, Only on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'll be pleased to know that that award goes to the new Bremen, Ohio pumpkin growers who made the world's largest pumpkin pie in 2010. It had a diameter of 20 feet and the crust was made of 440 sheets of dough. Oh, I will never again complain about being overwhelmed at pie making time after (laughs) learning about that. Well, Stefan, thank you for this little jog into the pumpkin patch. I've learned so much. And here at Preheated, we're clearly huge pumpkin fans. In fact, if you dig into our back catalog, you'll see that's where things started. Back in episode one, we called it pumpkin baking time. So some things never change. Oh, that's right. And our pumpkin bundt cake from that episode continues to enchant me. Yes. So a special shout out to a few websites for their great, fun info. Good Housekeeping, the U.S. version of that website, the Guinness Book of World Records, and one of our favorites, always a nice resource, What's Cooking America? Well, the timer's buzzed, and we've got to get this episode onto the cooling rack. Next week, we'll review our pumpkin muffins and introduce a retro pie we've both been dying to try. 
We'll also chat about one of its key ingredients, gelatin, during our Importance of Ingredients segment. Remember, you can find us and our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we're at preheatedpod. And you guys, if you like our show, please tell a friend and consider ranking and reviewing us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download our podcast. Until next time, I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. And I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Thanks for listening and sweet dreams. is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stefan Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions. (coughs) 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 Remember, we'll have a link to these (laughs) recipes... She's just You're going with pro. it. She's You're such a pro. <laughs> She's not, not going to comment on the fact that I just almost hacked a lung out of myself. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <clears throat>